Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God makes some people with a gift of singleness. He makes them never to have the desire to be married. You will not be lonely without a human counterpart because God will take care of that. You know, there's a beautiful Jewish tradition that says this, God made woman not out of man's foot to be under him, nor out of his head to be over him, but she was taken from under his arm that he might protect her and from next to his heart that he might love her. Marriage is not for everyone. While God designed it to be a sweet gift for his people, he does not require it for all. If you do choose a spouse, however, there are some heavy responsibilities that follow. Today, as Pastor Mark continues his message on marriage, he will teach listeners what God intended from the very beginning. It's common for you to be different than your spouse. God made us that way, but these differences should not cause division. Rather, we should practice what true love looks like every day with our spouses. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, God Cares for Your Marriage. to a a place where you can study God's Word. By the way, this whole journaling time takes about 15 minutes a day. That's all. And it focuses you starting right. Third, prayer. Under prayer, prayer is simply two-way communication, talking to God. It's just talking back and forth to God. Adam was doing this in the garden. You and I need to do it. And so one of the things I do, because sometimes if I'm, I, I write my prayers, If you don't want to write your prayers, then uh, pray out loud. If you don't write or you don't pray out loud, when you start praying, guess what you're going to do? You're going to sleep. Anybody here ever started praying and fall asleep? Let me see your hand. The rest of you are lying through your teeth. You see, when I write them, I don't fall asleep. When I say them verbally, I don't fall asleep. You You never watch me teaching verbally. No, I I have to stay awake. Now, some of you do the other, but I get to you once in a while, and I can see you. When I pray, sometimes I discover that my prayers are pretty selfish. Hmm? So I find a way to force myself not to be selfish. It's called Acts. And some days I just write it down in my prayer section. A-C-T-S. Adoration. I talk about how good God is. Maybe just a, a sentence, God... You're absolutely incredible. I honor you. Thanks for that I have a relationship with you. Next, confession. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, 
He's faithful and just. Oh, I have confessions. That's why it's private. God forgives me. I'm changing. I'm protecting myself. Number three, thanksgiving. Can you think right now of one thing that you're thankful to God for? Hard to limit it to one, isn't it? I mean, if you're breathing, there's something. Because all breath comes from, comes from God. So I write some things, just to remind me. And last, supplications, where I'm praying for other people, people with cancer, needs, situations, problems. Now, one of the things I've discovered from so many people over the last 15 years in this church is that most people, when I put the word Bible in Bible study, you don't have a clue. You came from a church where there was a six-minute sermon. You never brought your Bible You never were asked to turn anywhere in your Bible. You never took notes. Some of you have been in church 40 years, and you don't know anything about this. Now, we're going to look this morning at two situations, and we're going to see how Adam, right here in Genesis, how he journaled. I know Adam didn't have a pencil. He didn't have a notebook. He didn't have paper. And in Vieira, he didn't have a computer. I know that. It's okay. But we're going to see how he did journal if he would have had those things. So we're right in Genesis. Let's begin in verse 18. And the Lord God said, this is the first time God ever said this, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. But notice, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. It's very interesting to me, and I just, I don't remember ever studying this before. Adam didn't know he was lonely. How could he? It's Adam. There's nobody else around. Adam didn't come in here and go, I'm lonely. Where's my wife? (laughs) He didn't know he was lonely. But God knew he was lonely. You see, God knew that he had always had a plan for man. Notice now, there's no sin. God's plan was always for a helpmate for Adam because that was going to populate the world. And so what does God do to make Adam aware that he has a need? He says to Adam, I want you to name all these animals. Well, take a look. This would be kind of like it would have been in those days. Adam gets all these animals and they start coming to him and he notices the lions and he goes, well, they're like, Related, but there's a little difference there. And then he looks at the kangaroo and, well, they look alike, but there's a little difference there. And he looks at the ducks and he goes, well, they're hanging together, but there's a little difference there. What does he notice? He notices every animal as he goes, Mr. and Mrs. Lion, Mr. and Mrs. Duck, Mr. and Mrs. Kangaroo. He notices that there's someone like the other one, but a little different. So what does he begin to notice? He sees twos, and how much is Adam? One. He notices 
God's brought him to the realization that he's lonely. Well, what would he have written the next day in his journal? He'd have got his journal out, and I believe under yesterday, Adam would have written this. God, great day yesterday, seeing all of your creation. Those animals are unbelievably unique. Under the word. See, the word is God speaking to us. It's through the Bible. Well, there wasn't a Bible then. Did God speak to Adam the day before? He gave him a command, then he said what? Name all the animals. So I believe Adam would have said this. God, I did what your word told me to do. I obeyed and named the animals. And actually, it felt good. See, obeying always feels good. Now, how about under prayer? I believe Adam would have written something like this. God, first, thanks for giving me a mind that's creative. I mean, look what Adam just did. Scrabble wasn't even available yet. (laughs) And all these animals came, and he came up with a name for them. Thousands of them. That's pretty creative. You know what the last part of his prayer was? God, I'm lonely. Would you provide someone to solve my loneliness. Sure, he would have prayed that. That's why God had him name the animals. Now, this is amazing because God took the initiative to solve man's loneliness. This word helper means someone to assist another. That's what God was going to do. The woman would be different, but compatible with Adam, equal in value. Woman would be made by God to meet man's deficiencies. Men, we're deficient. Make sure you, your wife will remind you, I'm sure now. We're deficient without a wife. Only exception, 1 Corinthians 7. God makes some people with a gift of singleness. He makes them Never to have the desire to be married. You will not be lonely without a human counterpart because God will take care of that. You know, there's a beautiful Jewish tradition that says this, God made woman not out of man's foot to be under him, nor out of his head to be over him, but she was taken from under his arm that he might protect her and from next to his heart that he might love her. That's it. Verse 21 is the first outpatient surgery in the Bible. Watch this. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with his flesh. So what is God doing? He's going to provide. What's he going to provide for? A spouse. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, you can picture yourself in that recovery room. Adam's coming out of, if you've been in recovery room, you know, Adam, Adam is naked. The Bible tells us that. You'll see it in a moment. You know, when you go normally in a recovery room, you're in one of those hospital gowns, you're basically naked anyway. Can't keep it around you. You've been there. You know that. Kind of a funny thing watching each other walk down the hall. It's exciting. <laughs> I, live, I worked in hospitals all my life. I'm well aware of that. Well, you can imagine Adam. He's there on that 
in the recovery room and he's waking up from the anesthesia and he's laying there and he looks over. Let your mind run wild. Just let it run wild. And there, there he looks over and, and, well, there's somebody laying in that bed that wasn't there before. And uh, she's a little different than he is. And for the first time he looks and, well, he sees some, some valleys and hills he's never seen before. It's exciting. Now, we're going to see what Adam writes the next morning in his devotional. You ready? Here we go. Yesterday. God, yesterday is the greatest day of my whole life. Don't laugh. It would have been. Woo. Hallelujah. What about the word? God, you said you'd provide for me. I believe you. You're a good God. With Eve now, we can talk together. I can walk with her. We can be together. I'm not alone anymore. God, you're incredible. Thanks for keeping your word. How about under prayer? I don't think he probably got past this part. Thanks, 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 thanks. I mean, I believe he got up, and and, and in that last session, he probably wrote this. God, it was so good. Not to sleep alone in bed last night. Do you believe that? Yeah. Just let your mind wonder for about that for a moment. First night in bed with Eve. No books, no manuals, no instruction, just a man and a wife. What is intimacy in marriage? That's it. See, this was always God's design. It was always God's design. Now, turn back with me to Genesis chapter 1 very quickly. Now we have a picture of really what it is. Not only is man in relationship with God, but now woman is in relationship with God. Notice, and God blessed them, and God said... To them, they were talking together. Be fruitful, increase the number, fulfill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature. So Adam was not the only one now in relationship with God. Eve, the woman, and God are in relationship also. First thing, this is a picture, again, of a woman in relationship with God. We've already seen the man. Notice in this story, and I think it's very important, if you're single here this morning, you have to be very careful how you pursue finding this spouse. Notice in the story, God brought the spouse to Adam. Many of us do this. Eve, 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 Eve. And then you dial into eatharmony.com and whatever and put your name to... Relax. It's all right. God can bring you a spouse. Well, what is... Christian dating look like? Let me give you a picture of what Christian dating looks like. And this is the only pattern. It's a man who has a personal relationship with God and a woman that has a personal relationship with God and they're getting to know each other non-sexually. 
If you're here this morning and you're a Christian single, or if you're up in Vera and you're a Christian single, and that is not the picture of your dating, stop it today. Because disaster is waiting you. You cannot date a non-believer and expect to marry a believer. You don't just date a person that says they're a Christian. They have to show it by their life. This is where we have, we have a great singles group here. And we have a great fusion group here. Understand, you want a person that loves God. First primary purpose is for them to love God. That works, the rest of the things will start to fall in place. Now, quickly turn with me to Genesis 2.24. That's dating. What does marriage look like? Here's marriage. It's no different, except the sexual part, the intimate part, the covenant part has been made. We'll talk about this in two or three weeks. You see, all of our couples today, most, many, many, many couples here and all over the world now just live together. There's no commitment. That's not marriage. That's an abomination in the eyes of God. There's no covenant. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. I'll explain to you more about that. So this is it. A man, a husband, and a wife both love God, and they're working together in their marriage. Well, notice in verse chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they'll become one flesh. The man and the wife are both naked, and they felt no shame. Let me give you this morning five keys, five foundational truths that Jesus gave that you cannot deviate from and expect to have a Christian marriage. You cannot do it. Number one, marriage was designed by God. The world doesn't design it. doesn't matter who says, well, we're in the 2007. It's a little different now. No, it's not different. The pattern I just showed you, one man who knows God, one woman who knows God, coming together, God joined him. That's marriage. Number two, marriage was designed by God to be a threesome. Most of the world leaves God out. You can't leave God out and expect a successful marriage. You cannot do it. Number three, marriage was designed by God to be monogamous. Notice when God created Eve, he didn't create three Eves. Or Eve and Joan and Judy. He created one. Number four, marriage was designed by God to be, and this one is not popular today, to be heterosexual. I'll have more to say about that in a few weeks. We love homosexuals. We love the lesbians. We just hate their sin. We hate their sin just like we hate the sin of adultery. Understand, when God created Eve, he didn't create Steve. He created Eve. You know, in our marriages, heterosexual shows that we're different. There's lots of differences. We'll have more fun with that in a few weeks. I listened to Billy Graham, and here was his quote after many years. He said, Ruth and I don't have a perfect marriage, but we have a great one. That's about it. Linda and I have been married 40 years. Do we have any differences? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, if you're here going like, well, you can be two Christians, you're going to live happily ever after. Now that's a fairy tale. No, it's going to be hard work, isn't it? And here's what Billy Graham and his wife came up with. I like this. They're happily incompatible. <laughs> if you've been married one day, you understand that. 
happily incompatible. Are you? That's right. You'll never be totally compatible. God put different people together for a reason, to grow us, to mature us. So after 40 years, Linda and I are still working on it. Number five, marriage was designed by God to be permanent. To be permanent. Boy, we've missed that one. You know, Ed was in trouble. He forgot his wedding anniversary. His wife was really angry. She told him, tomorrow morning, I expect to find a gift in the driveway that goes from zero (laughs) to 200 in less than six seconds. It better be there. Well, the next morning, Ed got up early and left for work. When his wife woke up, she looked out the window, and sure enough, there was a small box gift-wrapped in the middle of the driveway. Confused, the wife put on a robe, ran out to the driveway, brought the box back into the home. She opened it with excitement, only to find a brand new bathroom scale. (laughs) Marriage was designed to be permanent. That's not the end of the story. Let me give you the end of the story. I'm serious. There's there's a one-ending line. Funeral services for Ed have been scheduled for Friday. (laughs) We're doing his funeral this Friday is what we're doing. Let me give you three keys and then we're done this morning. Why do I put a joke in there? Because marriage is hard. Being single without a spouse is hard. Being divorced is hard. Being married with a non-believing spouse is hard. Being married 40 years to a wonderful woman is still hard. I'm hard to live with. But she's much more patient than I am. Did I get out of it? Okay. You need hope in your life. I need hope in my life. Guys, the world around us is clueless. I'm going to give you these three keys, but let me just say this to you this morning. If you're here today and you've been running from God, and maybe your life is just messed up terrible, it's all right. I need hope. Where do I go for hope? Two places. First of all, to God. God never turns anyone away. Look at Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The second place I go to hope is the word of God. Notice Romans 15, 4. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we patiently wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. God will take you wherever you're at this morning and fill you with hope. You humble yourself. You come to God. Marriage was not designed by man, but by God, and he designed it to be permanent. Do you feel like your marriage has not been practiced within God's guidelines? Today, Pastor Mark shared five keys to remind us of its origin. No one can say they've experienced the perfect marriage, but many have experienced joy and peace in marriage, even in the midst of trial. The Lord created marriage with your best interest in mind. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Why is there a marriage problem in our world? Are you contributing to it? If so, how can it be fixed? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share some mind-blowing statistics about the state of marriage in our world today. God designed marriage to be a good thing for mankind, but in many ways, it has been twisted. Next time, we'll learn how to do better at fulfilling the Lord's purpose for marriage. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry